0: Welcome to The Thinker Podcast. I'm Dr. Owen Anderson, the epistemology consultant, and we're taking questions from the audience about epistemology, right? You want to consult an epistemologist. There's lots of places to consult other specialists, so we figured why not have a place to consult an epistemologist about knowledge, how we can know things. So we're going to get right into our audience questions. I have my trusted producer, James, with me. Hey, James.
1: Hey, how you doing, Owen?
0: Good. Thanks for helping us out. You said you got a couple questions for us in this episode.
1: I do. Okay. Here's the first one. All right. Dear Dr. Anderson, I have a friend who believes that when we die, that is the end. How can I get him to believe that there is a hell he is going to one day?
0: All right. Interesting. (laughs) So... uh, how can I get someone to believe in hell
1: that he's going to go to yeah. you one
0: day <laughs> to, to help him avoid it? I would hope the idea is that he's currently on the highway to hell. And as a friend, I want to help him avoid it. Oh, that's hilarious. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess I would, if, if, if this was a call in show, which we might have soon, yeah. then uh, I would ask some follow-up questions. So I might do that with you. You might have to pretend like you're the guy who wrote uh, this. Uh,
1: hey, I'll do my best. I don't want to give it away.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I'm just I'm thinking like, how, yeah, you, you wonder how can I convince my friend that there's a hell because I think there is, and he's on the way to hell. So that would make me wonder, well, why do you think there is in the first place? Not, not to suggest you're right or wrong, but that's what we do in epistemology, right? We ask, well, well, how would you even know there's a hell? And it sounds like it's somewhere you go in the future. right. Um, what have you heard out there? Like, what's the word on the street about hell? Um,
1: well, you know, the devil's there. Um, it's like maybe under the earth or it's really, really hot. Um, you really, really hate to be there. I don't know. There's that's kind of like the, the, the main thing, right? Yeah. Right. So where all the cool people go, like where the party is.
0: Yeah. It's where all the best rockers are. Right. Um, and so it's—but it, but it, what you're suggesting was it's hot, it's painful there. Yeah. Uh, so I think some of the, the well-known things people say about hell is that it's um, fiery, like you said, burning, and that it's—you're cast into outer darkness. Have you heard that one? Yeah. And that there's a worm that gnaws at you endlessly. Yep. So I've always wondered about those three things. So if you're trying to convince your friend to believe in hell, you're trying to convince him to believe in those three things, outer darkness— a fire that burns, and a a worm that gnaws. How do those go together exactly? Because fire produces light. That's like what it does. It's a chemical reaction that produces heat and light. Yep. So how could you have fire plus outer darkness? Because then you might say, well, it's a special fire. Yeah, it's hellfire. Couldn't you have a special darkness that's not dark?
1: You could. Like,
0: Like they want you to believe in a special fire that doesn't produce light. You could believe why not believe that there is there's fire that does produce light, but it's a special kind of darkness that's there when there's light. That sounds like some complicated fire. It does. It is what happens when you're a literalist. So, a, a literalist is somebody who takes the physical meaning only of a word and thinks that's always what the r- word refer, refers to. So now let's throw in the poor worm. All right, this fellow is just trying to earn a living. Yeah, eating. And how long is he going to last in the fire? I mean, you could do an experiment, I suppose. You could get a little fat worm, and—no, don't, don't do that. Worms are cute. But I would guess they don't last very long in fire. Probably not. I, I think they probably do okay in darkness, because I don't even know if they have eyes. But the fire part would kill them. Yeah. So maybe if you had a worm gnawing at you, you'd want to be in the fire. Because the fire would take care of the worm for you. Now you only have one problem. Yeah, it's just hot. Yeah. So this is what's happening. We're we're seeing that one of the reasons why the guy's friend might not believe in hell is because you're producing a literalist view of hell. I wonder if we could think about these differently, and that might help the friend this way especially. uh, The idea is that you go to hell for doing something. Like I said, you're on the highway to hell.
1: Yeah, like you're on the way there. You're not there right now.
0: Well, that, but also that you do things that get you there. It's a consequence.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And is it a... a future
1: consequence. Yeah,
0: a future consequence that's imposed on you. Like, it, it says you're, you're in the future, they throw you into hell, which you're kind of kicking and screaming, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. Right. Uh, in contrast to saying the opposite of future and imposed is present and inherent. What are the present and inherent consequences of sin? If the future one is, is a literal lake of fire that's also dark with a worm, the present uh consequences are what
1: um a beach and tequila i don't know i'm yeah, trying so to the, find some sort of comparison here if we're yeah. going to be literalists
0: yeah right well that's what we're trying not to mean.
1: Oh, okay. so be. oh so we don't want to be literalists no tequila
0: so what if the fire
1: that's the worm just so everyone knows I'm yeah a joke right that's right, right. <laughs> that's like what is he talking about that's a good one yeah
0: real that's real tequila <laughs> not uh, not safe dies. not safeway brand <laughs> flavored uh, rubbing alcohol, tequila, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flavored ethanol, all you, you
1: wish you were hell when you're done. <laughs> so
0: the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the consequence, it says it this way, the day you eat, you'll surely die. Now, that can't refer to physical death because the day you sin, you don't physically die. Yeah. But there's only one day that you die, your death day, and all the other days that you sin, you didn't die. Yeah. So it must be referring to another kind of death. We'll call it spiritual death. The day you eat you'll surely die. There's consequences to uh, sinning, to acting a certain way. And, and those consequences actually line up well with the image of fire, darkness, the worm. In this sense, the consequence of acting contrary to the law of God, acting contrary to your own nature, is to bring about meanlessness on yourself, which is like a fire, the, the, the uh, burning up of what is meaningless. And when you have that sense of meaningless, nothing has any purpose, it's described sometimes as gloomy or dark, right? Yeah, definitely. Boredom could be described that way. Yep. In that, that side of the, the color palette, dark blue, uh, darkness, So boredom. And then people describe guilt as gnawing, right? The worm that gnaws at you, guilt for what you've done. Yeah, you can't stop thinking about it. You just yeah. process it over and over. And you realize it's your fault.
1: Yeah, and you can't do anything about it.
0: Yeah. So, meanlessness, boredom, and guilt seem to be precisely what those three things were well, can you, yeah. referring to, and we don't get stuck in the same problem. So now what we're trying to convince our friend of is not that one day in the future he'll go to hell, but perhaps he's already in hell, because people experience those now.
1: Yeah. So what would be the future consequence of hell, like when you die, like that there's no way to turn it around?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a whole different uh, question, but something like that, right? Okay. That physical death is a last call back. That's it. You don't get another callback after the last callback. So sometimes people say that they'll say like, "Well, if we just gave people a second chance in the afterlife, well, they had how many chances? Like how many chances they need? Right? Uh, one more.
1: You can only say one more chance. My family can't afford indulgences anyway,
0: so you yeah, know you're you not to go that way. Yeah. So the <laughs> the um boredom, and guilt are present. You might not have to convince your friend of that. The friend might already be struggling with that. You might instead need to know the way out. That's what I would say look into.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm not sure the popular answer to how to get out of it will actually will help the friend. What is the answer? Well, that's, that's a good one, that, but that's not what was asked. Uh, my okay. my, um, my uh, contract limits me to the questions that were asked.
1: We have another one. All right. Yeah. What, what does it say? All right. Dear Dr. Anderson, I have a cousin who died and went to heaven, then returned to this life to tell about it. Heaven sounds boring. How can I avoid it? <laughs> uh,
0: what was the last part?
1: How can I avoid it? <laughs> oh, how can I avoid heaven? Oh, <laughs> my gosh.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> so so this guy's cousin.
1: Yeah, dear Dr. Anderson, I have a cousin. I won't laugh this time. Right. I, I, It just kind of sh- shocked just me. struck you, yeah. Dear Dr. Anderson, I have a cousin who died and went to heaven, then returned to this life to tell about it. Heaven sounds boring. <laughs> How can I avoid it? That's a good one.
0: <laughs> now, that that actually fits in with most of the, the accounts I've heard of people who go to heaven and come back, right? Right. It, it does not sound like an action-filled place. Yeah. It, they usually say it's like peaceful, filled with light, comforting. So they hit, they really hit the nut, the chord of, no, suffering is there, as far as they could tell. Maybe yeah. it's like right around the corner there is suffering. You just can't notice it. Down the pearly gates. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it does sound boring. Remember, think about... It's called uh, Three Stooges Theology. When they would die in some episodes, they would kind of have on a white robe and a harp right. and float upwards to a cloud and sit on a cloud and play a harp. Who would want to do that? And that sounds terrible.
1: Yeah? Be like a baby angel all the time?
0: Yeah, something like that. I mean, uh, I, it, it's on top of the clouds, I guess. Have you, have you ever seen the Care Bears? Yeah. The Care, Bear, <laughs> the Care Bears have like a whole city on top of the clouds where you drive a cloud car and you live in a cloud house.
1: <laughs> My cousin <laughs> went to heaven and— was it was an
0: angel baby yeah Yeah, and then he came back and told me about it It i don't want to do that this poor guy's like it sounds terrible how do i get out of that one
1: so yeah i mean is this another maybe i mean i'm not sure how to explain that person's experience
0: right of saying that
1: that's interesting
0: yeah let's talk about that i mean does that prove anything there's actually uh best-selling books and and as an author of books i I pay attention to best-selling books yeah you don't have a book out
1: I've heard. It's, yeah. it's helping people get a job.
0: Yeah. Job. Oh. A philosophical commentary. So check that out on Amazon. Wow.
1: Okay. That well, changes that, changes that changes things. I might, I might check that out now because I already have employment.
0: But when I, uh, <laughs> when I look at the, the list of bestsellers, I almost always see one in there about uh, Hank went to heaven and learned these five things. Right. Or some, some variation of that. Yeah. And so, yeah, how do you explain those? I mean, sometimes I've seen ones by neural scientists of various kinds that got great degrees from human institutions, and they'll say, we know for sure it's not due to brain activity. Hmm. We scanned their brains. We killed a guy, scanned his brain, brought him back. Sounds dangerous. There's a movie about it. Remember Kiefer Sutherland did that? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and that's what they, yeah, scanned his brain, and he, and he didn't have any brain activity while he was dead, but he came back and told us about a place. Or you might have experiences like this. Someone dies, and they report... Hovering over their body, and they can tell you what the doctors and nurses were doing while they were hovering over their body, watching them touch their body. Yeah, for medical purposes.
1: I met somebody who had an experience of dying, literally dying, coming back. So it's
0: what they say happened.
1: Um, they had a, an experience where they said they went around. Um, they thought they went to heaven, and they were before the presence of God. And did uh, they like it? Yeah, and they, they, it wasn't boring for them.
0: Okay. Most of the ones I've heard are, this is the first guy I've heard that, that took the lesson, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Most of the time the lesson is, oh good, how can I do that? You have some interesting listeners. I right? know it. Uh, yeah, these two came kind of themed together about the afterlife. So, so let me get down to a couple of things. One is, um, even if it's not your brain activity, we've all had experiences where we thought something was real and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. How would we know this is not one of those? And you can't, just argue it seemed really, really real because they, right. they always do at the moment. And you can't say something like, well, God told me it's real because God, people have said God tells them all kinds of contradictory things. So it can't be telling you, God can't be telling you all those things. Sure. So then we have to look and see what is it that, that the persons are liking about this? So what are they trying to accomplish with it? Are they trying to tell us that there's more to us than just our body? We also have a, a soul that's not physical. Well, we already knew that. We don't need one of these experiences to prove that. Yeah. Or are they trying to tell us something about what is good for us? Like, I went to heaven where you achieve the highest good, and here's what it is. Okay, now that's more interesting, but also we already know what the highest good is. Yeah. So we don't need to go to have an after-death experience to know that. So in both those cases, if the person thinks this is either, one, showing us that we have an immaterial soul, or two— showing us what our highest good is. We already knew those things by using reason to understand general revelation. So I'm not even see I'm not debunking them. I'm doing something different. I'm not even seeing the need for them. What does it do for us?
1: Yeah, I, um, again, it's like I, I wouldn't know even how to talk to somebody about their personal experience so much. Yeah. As, but I think what you're doing is helpful. Yeah, because it's getting at the fact that you don't have to go through this to have that information. And then, yeah, right. I don't have to die to have that, and have that experience to know that there, there is a soul, there is an afterlife, or there is a god.
0: Yeah, and you could even die, have the experience, but have misunderstood it. Sure. So instead of doing that, let's just start with the argument to show that the mind is not the brain, or to show that our highest good is based on human nature, which is the use of reason to the fullest. Those things we can already know without these experiences. Yep. Uh, and I'm, therefore, I'm not even saying – I'm not saying that they didn't happen. I'm not saying they did happen. I'm, I'm taking a different approach to the whole thing. But this, la- this second uh, question said it sounds boring. Now, that overlaps with the first one, not just because of the afterlife, but because of boredom, hell as boredom. And so what one person describes as heaven, really awesome, to another person sounds boring and therefore more like hell. There's a common theme there, which is that we want to be where we think things are interesting, meaningful, purposeful. So to figure out this whole question about heaven and hell, we first have to figure out what is it that will give my life meaning? Like you, you mentioned someone telling you that they died and stood before the presence of God. Yeah. Um, and that's what Christianity teaches will happen to everyone. The resurrection of the dead and then the judgment of both the righteous and the wicked. So that is something that Christianity teaches. What I'm wondering is if there's also something that people think, which is that if I just saw God, then I'd be happy.
1: Yeah, I think there's something, too, about that God's hidden. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And obviously there's certain things about God that we don't know.
0: This, get, this gets back, us back to that literalist, which is, yeah, I, if I could just see God with my eyes, then I'd believe in him.
1: Do you think there is a certain comfort of, like, I mean, like, obviously God's invisible, so...
0: Yeah, what are you seeing? How are you seeing? Precisely, yes. It even says that so God, it's an, God's a spirit whom no one has seen or can see.
1: And it seems like we need our bodies, right, mm-hmm. to know God as well. So it's it's interesting to think about what an immaterial thing will be, where, where your immaterial self will be when you die. Yeah. Until the resurrection of the dead, right? Yeah. What, That's what, interesting.
0: What, where or what the condition will be like. But what, what I'm wondering about this... I need, if I just saw God, let me, let me give you two examples. There were the Pharisees who saw Christ often mm-hmm. and didn't get it. So they saw with their eyes and didn't get it. Then there was a Roman centurion who wanted to have Jesus heal one of his servants. So he sent another servant to Jesus and said, I don't, I'm not even worthy to come before you, but I know that if you just give the word, my servant will be healed. Here's a guy who knew who Jesus was, didn't take the opportunity to go see him, in his earthly ministry. Wouldn't you have done that? Like, any yeah. reason you can. He didn't even need to because of his faith. So he didn't say, if I just saw Jesus, then I'd believe, because of his, his understanding. So that's what we need to cultivate, and that's what really what we're doing on the, the epistemology consultant, is trying to cultivate our understanding so we can have that kind of faith, because faith is understanding the things that are not seen. It's not the same right. as just blind belief. yeah. So two uh, good two questions about the afterlife today. Thanks for joining us on the Thinker Podcast with Dr. Anderson, the Epistemology Consultant, and we'll take more questions next time.